0: On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about Realtor.com's go-forward strategy, how they're going to compete with Zillow and Holmes.com. We talked about FISBOS on the website, state of the industry. It's going to be an incredible conversation. Tune in. You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Wiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. Keith, we had a very special guest on today. We, did. we had uh, Damien Ailes, the new CEO of Realtor.com.
1: Yes, sir. Tell us about the show. It was a great conversation. We uh, learned that he started an department store at the at the young age of 14, he shared, Overachiever. Some, yeah, yeah. shared some insights and things that he's learned throughout his interesting and storied career. He weighed in on uh state of the industry today. He talked about, of course, buyer representation and some of the differences uh, that he has seen in his life. Really just a, a great conversation that spanned all of residential real estate and some of the things that are changing and happening at Realtor.com. And
0: the go forward plan for Realtor.com. we got some inside scoop on that. And of yep. course, we talked about some juicy stuff with homes.com and Zillow. Um, yeah, and Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans, yes. including uh, some stuff about FISBOS that I don't think people knew as well. So it's going to be an incredible
1: conversation. Yeah, so. you'll like it. Put it in your kids.
0: Damien welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you here. Um, I know... Uh, I can speak personally. I got to spend uh, dinner with you uh, a few weeks ago at the Thrive event, which was awesome, by the way. Um, so I've got to spend a little bit of time with Damien, but I am excited to have you here. Um, we uh, we have lots of questions for you, being the new CEO of Realtor.com. Uh, you know, I guess let's start with uh, a little bit about I guess your background. So you know, where did you? How did you get into this role? What were your current, you know, previous positions, et cetera? I mean, this is a big, a big role and big shoes to fill. So,
2: uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Absolutely, uh, uh, James and Keith, it's great to be here, and and yes, it was great to spend time with you at, uh, at Thrive. But uh, look, to answer your question, how did I I get here? I can you believe it? I I started my career as a speech therapist of all things, but uh, really, I, really. I didn't last long but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, truth be known I actually I started uh, on a department store in my first job was 14 years old on the floor of a department store and uh, through school and university I I uh, 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 continued in in that profession uh, and uh, and after I finished university I, I decided to continue in uh, in the retail field and uh, and after a few years ended up on the uh, on the executive team of one of Australia's leading uh, department stores. That that's really was my uh, foundations. But from there, I moved into uh, uh, banking. Uh, in in fact, when I left the department store business, I was the chief marketing officer and and um, also head of our financial services business. And uh, then uh, parlayed that into into retail financial services. So it was the Chief Marketing Officer of one of Australia's big banks, and and from that, and for the last ten years, I've been in the in the media industry, uh, working with News Corp uh, specifically. I was actually a customer of News Corp for many years, but but uh, have worked in in News Corp Australia, which is our pu- news media publishing business, for for seven years, and then for the last three years, have worked in a global transformation role. Uh, I, I, I would probably say that one of the reasons i got this role was because of that australian experience Mm -hmm. uh, you know we did a lot with uh, a company that we're the majority shareholder of uh, rea which is realestate.com.au we we did a lot with that business to grow uh, rea through leveraging our publishing assets i got a
1: question before we even go to the next one so what did you learn as a strapping lad of 14 mm-hmm. on the floor of a department store that's carried through for your whole
2: career? That Actually, there... it, it's a great question, uh, Keith, because uh, I, I often tell uh, young managers this, uh, you know, I often think to myself that, um, you know, when you are on the floor of a department store, there's two, when you're a young leader on the floor of a department store, there's, there's two things that you learn uh, um, quickly. Uh, the first is is that you're typically very young and you're typically leading people who are a not. lot older than you. <laughs> Interesting. And and I think yeah. that, you know, you recognise very quickly that having uh, the mandate of leadership is insufficient mm. to lead. And it's not a title, right? No, yeah. it's not a title. Yeah. You, you've got to uh, come up with ways and means of, you know, building relationships, I think, that are, are productive in a business sense. And then the second thing that you learn as you as you go up in a department store, because obviously there's a lot of people who who work on the floor of a retail business like that is that it's very easy in your first job because you've got 10 people <laughs> or thereabouts working and you can see them mm-hmm. and you can talk to them every every hour of the day. But as you get as you get up in the leadership chain, you recognize that actually getting people to do what you need them to do takes a lot more than direct (laughs) observation. You've got to create a culture and an environment that, that, you know, establishes and sustains high performance. And so we don't
0: have that problem in residential real estate at all, by the way.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, We've got it. it. So culture, I suppose, probably the second thing. How do you lead people when, how do people do, do what you need them to do when you're not looking? Right. What do they do when you're not watching? Yeah.
0: yeah that's good. It's a really good question, Keith. Um, you know, it's, everybody has their starting story of their career and sort of how it fits. And it's a, it's a very interesting path to, to being the CEO of one of the largest real estate portals yeah. in the world. So, um, you know, we have two questions we like to ask. Um, and I just think it's on while we're talking a little bit personal before we dive into all the business stuff that, um, that we always ask our guests. So, uh, you know, one of them is your favorite book or podcast this year. Uh, favorite book you're reading or podcast just it gives us insight on on our guests and just like what they're mm. thinking or, or reading today
2: well I've just uh, I've got I, gee, I listen to so many uh, podcasts it's uh, it's such mm. a true format but I, I'm going to refer to a book actually because I've just finished uh, reading it uh, it's called the hundred year marathon you you probably heard, may have heard of it it's 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 been around for some time but it, I've only just discovered it by a guy called Michael Pillsbury who has worked in various White House administrations in the State Department. He's been a, um, he was a uh, analyst, I suppose, an advisor on Chinese affairs. And hmm. I think he started out 40 years ago being a very strong advocate for the inclusion of China in into the new world economy. And uh, into the into the uh, World Bank and in, into you know and into programs where America and other nations would really sponsor the development of China. But I think he's since studied over forty years uh, the I guess the underlying uh, thought processes or statecraft of of China, and it really paints it's a, it's a particular issue for for Australians as it is with. Americans, but Australia is really on the doorstep of China, and it really paints a a very uh, unsettling um, picture in terms of what could well be what probably is a changing world order. So, without getting too deep. (laughs) Uh, yeah. that's yeah. a pot in itself right sounds, there. sounds like a nice
1: light read for a yeah. beautiful yeah. saturday afternoon i tell
2: you what it's a, it, it was read very quickly because it because it was just very uh, uh, and, uh impressive yeah. and, and thought-provoking so anyway yeah. I, I that's it. a good
1: one i have not read it i'll put it on my stack
0: so uh our last question which is kind of along the same lines but it just again so if you could have lunch with uh, one person current or historical who would it be
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, course, on this one, I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit. But I, when when I first arrived in the US, it was still during COVID in Australia, and I was here by myself, and my wife, and none of my children had come out to New York, and and uh, so I used to find ways of entertaining myself on weekends. And one weekend, I I got on the bus from uh, 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 Manhattan and went to Freehold in New Jersey, and I I spent uh, the afternoon uh, wandering. streets of freehold while listening to the first three chapters of bruce springsteen's biography which he he writes actually and it's beautiful and it talks about and i went and stood in front of the houses that he grew up in the homes that he grew up in and the schools that he went to and i crossed the railway line and i did all of the the, (laughs) uh, those those things and uh it was it was uh fascinating it's a terrific book by the way that would be uh, one of my other favorite books his biography but uh so I would love to have lunch with Bruce Springsteen. And if you can That's work good. it out, yeah, uh, um, let's make it happen. That we'll get, is a we'll, good one. We'll work on that. <laughs> we'll work on that. That, that
0: is that. a good one. That's a really good one. So, uh, well, we got two books actually out of that. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, I know Keith and I want to dig pretty deep into a lot of stuff. Let's start with some of the some of the interesting feedback and just changes that have occurred recently. So I, for all the viewers and listeners, I'm sure that they're aware, but obviously Realtor.com is owned by News Corp. And Rupert Murdoch just retired. Um, and and you know, I know you're new in this role, but like what does this mean specifically? Is there going to be a change? I mean, are you reporting to Lachlan specifically? Like, just I, I mean. It's on the headlines, so let's start there.
2: Oh, well, just first and foremost, uh, I report through to Robert Thompson. well, Ro- sorry, my,
0: I made an assumption. Uh, Apologies. No, no yeah. To, yeah. to News
2: Corp and, and Robert reports uh, to the to the board. Got it. Uh, of which now Lachlan is our, is our chair. Got it. And uh, and look, well, first and foremost, I'd say that we are very lucky uh, to work in a business that's been led by Rupert and Lachlan. It was definitely a momentous occasion when Rupert, recently moved into that Chairman Emetris uh, role. Um, I I often have said to teams of people here at Realtor that, you know, we should take great inspiration from Rupert's story to think that he took on the business when his father passed away, um, when he was in his early 20s and studying at Oxford. And, And at that point in time, when he returned to Australia, the really the asset that remained in the business after some of the assets were were sold uh, was the number two newspaper in a city called Adelaide in Australia. And it was only shortly after that that he then bought the number one newspaper in that town. And of course, uh, he grew the business into, into what it is today yeah. spanning every corner of the planet and really one of the most diverse media companies on the planet as well. So. You know, I, I take a lot of inspiration from Rupert's story. So, for him to um, uh, to stand down as as chairman, as co-chairman of our company, uh, uh, is definitely momentous. But the fact that he remains as emeritus uh, chairman is is fantastic. And I take um, I'm I'm uh, 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 really encouraged by in his announcement. Uh, he made the point to say that expect to continue to see him regularly in the office often on a Friday <laughs> afternoon and uh, he would be very welcome uh, uh, in our Austin uh, office where, where I'm located. Uh, but look, both he and Lachlan are enormous supporters of the team at Realtor. I recently met with Lachlan and we, we spoke a lot about how we can grow this business uh, together. I'm confident that we've got the support of all of News Corp for that matter uh, to ensure that we're successful.
0: Well, that, that leads us into a question. Obviously there was a lot of discussion, you know, and headlines hit for a while about realtor.com potentially, you know, mm-hmm. selling to, to CoStar, Um, and obviously that didn't happen. And so where do you guys go from here? Where, where does, what is the next step since co-stars we're going to talk about that, obviously co coming at the heels of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and realtor.com is going in a different direction. Let's, Talk about that. Where where does it go from from here? Especially with the news out this morning about um, CoStar apparently being the number two most visited real estate site in residential real estate. So,
2: well, well look, uh, I'll start with my business because I think it's more important that I focus on on my patch than others. But I'm happy to comment also on the CoStar announcement. But but look, uh, I've got one brief, uh, and that is to grow the business. And and uh, alongside that brief. Uh, I know that I've got the full support of News Corp and all of the assets and capabilities that we've got, you know, at our disposal. You know, to grow, we've got to do a number of things right. We've got to build our audience, and uh, we've already started leveraging the News Corp network to do that. Uh, we've got to generate more leads, and we're confident through our own capabilities, but also through, and you know, we're now drawing on the the AI capabilities that exist within our broader group. We know that we can improve our lead submission rate through artificial intelligence what are
0: some of those other portals and part of your group go a little deeper on that yeah okay, i don't so, people realize how big it is
2: yeah i mean news corp uh is a is a massive organization very diverse as i said and of course we've got our traditional news media businesses and, and in uh new and news and information businesses in the us that is dow jones which incorporates obviously the wall street journal but it includes factiva market watch barons uh, and many other brands um, in uh, in uh, the UK, the news media business incorporates the Times of London and The Sun. I might add that The Sun in the UK recently launched The Sun US in this market and it's the fastest growing uh, digital news media site in this market. It's got a significant audience. And uh, um, uh, we, of course, The New York Post is another one of our uh, news media assets. In Australia, we have uh, um, a variety of different national and regional uh, news uh, media titles. We have the biggest digital uh, news media title in news.com.au, for instance, which partners very heavily, as an example, partners very heavily with uh, realestate.com.au in Australia. Um, we've got HarperCollins books, we've got, um, uh, which which is right throughout the world, we've, we've also got, uh, um, you know, s- uh, streaming Uh, businesses in foxtel in australia we've got radio businesses in the uk so a very diverse uh, uh, media platform i've got and maybe
1: this is like a a hundred thousand foot question or maybe even in the orbit level question but what's that like so you you say yes to the job right yeah and now you're in manhattan by yourself and you're sitting in some conference room with a giant whiteboard (laughs) you've got you, you've got one mandate, grow the company, yeah. and you've got this suite of companies that is staggering, right? Like, I mean, if you just put the logos on a piece of paper, you'd probably need two pages. Yeah. What's that exercise like where you're really looking at all of these tools in the toolbox yeah. and
2: trying to figure out how to plug them all in? Well, in in some respects, you feel like a kid in a candy. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. that's kind I of what mean, I was getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the best. These are the best brands. We have an audience just in North America of 160 million unique,s and 100 million of them don't yet uh, come across to Realtor.com. So, you know, not only There's is mathematically yeah. it's significant, but from a brand perspective, you know, I didn't mention Mansion Global, another brand that's that's owned by. Uh, Dow Jones. Uh, you know, these brands are incredibly authoritative and trusted brands. Uh, we already write a lot about real estate because it's part of the the psyche of, mm-hmm. of consumers uh, that we, we talk to every day. So, you know, leveraging it is, uh, uh, being able to leverage it is a fantastic feeling. Um, that being said, it, it's not necessarily as easy as it sounds the <laughs> yeah. experience that um the experience that I've had in Australia is is uh, you know incredibly important uh, you know News Corp Australia and realestate.com Australia have a really symbiotic relationship where each business grows the other uh, mm. and and we want to transition that over here that didn't happen overnight obviously we've got a lot of work to do over a long period of time and, and we can't do everything at once, so we've got to choose wisely what's the first, second and third initiative and put them one after the other. Um, I've got something, uh, uh, um, some great advantage though here insofar as the people that I'm uh, dealing with, my colleagues, uh, the other CEOs of these uh, businesses and the editors of these businesses, I've been working with uh, for many years. In the previous role that I had, it was a transformation role right across the group uh, where we were stitching together mm. our businesses to improve our efficiency and to grow faster. Uh, so, some of those relationships that I've formed are really coming into play now. I've got, um, I can partner with very entrepreneurial leaders who take a very global News Corp perspective of these opportunities. And I very much feel like we are pushing on an open door. So it's really up to me and my team to ensure that we can best leverage those capabilities that are that are at our disposal, uh, to ensure that we can grow our audience and generate more leads for our uh, our customers. And I'm
0: assuming that's a more cost-effective approach because if you've got CoStar spending a fortune trying to get, you know, traffic, um, and then obviously Zillow has a significant following on it but 100 million additional uniques is a massive number that you guys could have access to and i'm making an assumption but at a, at a because it's part of the the family it's going to be at a more cost-effective way to do that is that a fair assumption
2: well there's always negotiation <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh. I think you can uh you can uh, and also it's it's not always as uh, as simple as buying advertising space. And yes, you know, I, I uh, here, here we are with the. Uh, I hope you can see this. Can you see this? Yeah, we can yeah, see it. Wall Street it. Journal. Yeah. Wall Street Journal. I mean, two pages and there's Realtor.com. Right, yeah. and, right. And obviously, you know, that's today's paper, and obviously, and that's that's happening on a very regular basis now. And that's print, and the power of print is still incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. And sure, imagine, imagine digital. So, you know, like all publishers, we we have opportunities. And so far as not not all inventory is sold. So we can take advantage of unsold inventory. Um, we also, I mean, uh, media is one thing, branding is another. So there are there is digital furniture that we can introduce onto our publishing sites that promote our brand and make us top of mind. That's going to be important. But also, you know, the big one is journalism. And it's one thing to buy an audience and it's expensive. And we can all do more of it. Um, you, you, I could spend more money on buying an audience, but if the audience doesn't stick, mm. right? Uh, it's a it's not a great story for shareholders, and secondly, um, it's not really a great story for your customers either, because you've got a very promiscuous audience. Um, our audience has a higher intent than any other uh, audience. We have more more intenders of buying and selling than anyone else that's not a transient sem generated audience mm. and you know you asked me about the co-star headline before i think you know sophisticated more sophisticated analysts than me will be asking a lot of questions to dig i um, have a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's a 1293
0: increase year over year yeah. it's a big number so um i mean a lot of people
2: will be comparing the ratios of those intern i mean if you mark your own homework it's easy to get your own answer but (laughs) people will compare those internal numbers with com score numbers and the changing ratios they'll they'll be triangulating those numbers Mm -hmm. with other external measures and there's a few of them out there that you can do that and they'll be asking the question as to what share of seo traffic have they retained
0: right so i have this is going to go deep and and full disclosure damien showed this some of this stuff a few weeks ago but i think it's Candidly brilliant. Um, talk just a little further about this journalism piece and and how you're going to use that content, and then I really want to dig if we can on this whole advertisement. This I don't know how to describe it. You do a better job than I can. But like it, the ability to have this sort of banner on on watching live television or a spot on TV, and how it's tying flooding that's happening in an area to flood maps on realtor.com or things like yeah. that. Like talk to me about this. I think this is sure. genius. Well, so there's,
2: there's two parts to that question. One is yeah. media and one is journalism. Um, on the media side, um, you, you know, I, I have leveraged news media as a customer of news media for decades before I joined news corp. And then whilst in news corp, I've, learned how to do it at an even greater to an even greater extent uh, I mean uh, news media is powerful because it's contextual it's relevant it's of the moment right and and if you can advertise a message uh, that is consistent with the content that is next to it I think you get a multiplier effect mm. in terms of engagement so you know digitally on the New York Post uh, when New York was flooded, in recent days with the recent storm, you would have seen realtor.com flood map advertising mm. because when people are reading about the flood that's occurring in New York, How does we, it want them, we want them also to get consider have they bought or are they about to buy a home that is on a floodplain? Right. Um, when uh, And you will see a lot more of this in, you know, we, we, we've, we've got opportunities not, not just in news corporate elsewhere whereby you you will see a lot more contextual opportunities in terms of advertising our uh, relevant advertising uh next to relevant uh journalism
1: so smart so you're almost trying to move from yeah in this example right from whatever website they're on or whatever news they're consuming you're moving past that into their literal living room right that's right and And, and by the
2: way you know it's interesting just diverting here but This is why, can I say, people like buyers' agents are so important in this industry, is because um, buyers' agents have a role to play not just to sell the property that they have, that the listing agent would have listed. They've got a role to play on behalf of their consumer to ask questions like, Mm -hmm. is this home on a floodplain? Are there other homes that you haven't yet come across Mm -hmm. that are more suited to your needs, that's the professional role that they that they play, and I think that when we create new tools and new maps, we're doing it uh, in the interests of obviously the end consumer, but we're also we also have in mind the realtor who has the buying agent who has a role to play to help um, that uh, consumer find a home that's suitable to them. So advertising is one way to do it, but hey, James, I just want to touch on the second part of your question,
0: yeah, please, yeah.
2: The journalism yep. side. So this is an example whereby, and we have we're number one. Uh, we're, we're, we we claim to be number one on a few levels, and we want to be number one on more. But we are already number one in terms of our the news media that we create for real estate. And and on this front, you, you know, we think that there's a lot more a lot more opportunity through leveraging our, the uh, News Corp uh, brands. I mean there are examples today whereby you know Mansion Global uh, will write a terrific article about uh, real estate and we think that there is more opportunity for that audience to then be linked back to realtor that's a simple example hmm. but there are more there are more complex more even bigger examples you know the the sun us fastest growing digital news media site in the in the country it doesn't really have a news media section uh, sorry, it doesn't really have a, a real estate, real estate, okay, yeah. a real yeah. estate section. Yeah. But we know that the audience is interested in real estate. So let's work with that mm. brand to create real estate content that is appealing to that audience. We're going to do that. And um, and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, another example uh, for us um, would be uh, creating articles that run off, again, contextually, that run off news media events of the day and the, the example that, that i give and that, that there's millions of these examples and they, they don't just relate to sport but sport is a time is a is always top of mind for a lot of people is you're
1: gonna yeah. bring up taylor swift oh are you gonna, please are you gonna bring up taylor Swift? Right now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a jets fan i should tell you and oh okay <laughs> oh, there we <laughs> go right. i think right. she got she she got the other guys across the line there, in yeah. across the line, in the That's last funny. couple of minutes. I reckon. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. no, we're not going to talk about the Jets. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. But, um, uh, but I would say that you know the example I use is Max Scherzer was traded from the Mets to the to the uh, Texas Rangers, yeah. and and um, and you know that was the number one rating story in sport on the New York Post the day that that occurred. Um, by the end of that day, we'd written a story on realtor that listed the top 10 properties that Max should be using his cheque. <laughs> ah, see, it's smart. Yeah. And then we linked it to the New York Post story. So both companies got their their audience. But, you know, if we link more to the Wall Street Journal, to Mansion Global, to the New York Post, to the Sun US, to Market Watch, to Barron's, mm-hmm. the search authority that we get from those types of outcomes is really significant. So, again, you can have promiscuity, Of traffic or you can have an engaged audience that is there to buy and sell that's Mm. what we
0: want so let me ask you this then um is this going to be a two-part question i'll start with the first Do do you believe that because the do you believe that part of the reason why you have higher intent traffic that it's because of the name realtor in it do you think that has something to do with it because it's more of a people think of realtor and they think in the business full time trying to sell re- like is there some relevance yeah. to that have you done any studies on that
2: well we we have studied whether or not a realtor is a more trusted brand and the answer is yes so real estate professionals trust realtor.com for accuracy information for the for, for the trusted place for listings the trusted place to go to to buy and sell so we know that we are more trusted amongst real estate professionals and we know that we have very high trust scores amongst consumers As well, so, you know, I think that the one of our ad, I I often refer to this to our team that, you know, we've got to lean heavily into what our unique advantages are. You know, we know that we're number two on some uh, measures. We want to be number one on every measure. The one thing that we need to lean into harder is that we think we are by and for the industry. We were created by the industry. Um, Our we are. We are leveraging a 115-year, I think, trusted brand. We have that to our advantage. Let's leverage it for everything uh, that it's worth. And from a customer side, we think we also have this incredibly uh, unique advantage in so far as our customers love the realtor.com brand. We, we know that's why we're saying we're the most trusted amongst real estate professionals. We, that is a fact. And so to that extent... We've got to lean into that. We're not here to disintermediate uh, our customers. We're not here to become a broker. We're not here to become an iBuyer. buyer. We're not here to become the industry MLS. We're here to empower our customers to grow. Uh, we think that that is what will differentiate us. And if we and, you know, uh, James, that conference that you and I were at, I, I, I'm. I've worked in a number of different industries, I've been to many, many different customer events. Um, I know that we are not perfect on, on a number of areas which we are improving upon uh, and we will we will improve, but I get this real sense from customers uh, in this industry that if we improve our audience, if we improve our quality of leads, if we improve our service, we will grow revenue share. There is nothing short People want to do business with us because we are by and for the industry and people love that we are becoming more competitive. That That's our job. I,
0: I would agree with that statement. I think that, you know, Keith provides some feedback, but there's the industry certainly has a love hate relationship with real estate portals, um, yeah. you know, and it's been it's been controversial because, you know, even. Candle. this is before your time, but Realtor.com's acquisition of OpCity was controversial. I mean, yeah. it went down the same road as Zillow where it's it's diving into referrals. I, I personally, it's just my viewpoint, don't see it as quite a big thing because you're either buying leads on some sort of contract monthly and or per lead or you're paying for it. I mean, money's, money's exchanging hands one way or the other. It depends sort of which way you want to do it. But I... I would agree with you that the industry is looking for an advocate for them and i don't think i look you know i i have a lot of friends at zillow uh i don't think zillow's that it's not an industry advocate it does what it wants because you know it's a publicly traded company needs to um co-star is questionable people if they know andy who runs it he's a he's a he's a, he's a maniac like he <laughs> builds big crazy businesses and doesn't give a shit like he just goes after it um I, you know, I do, I have to ask this question because I think it's, it's the timing's relevant and it's, it's a fair question. Do you, do you think the realtor name is a problem based upon all of the scandals that are happening and and everything with the brand right now? I mean, is it, is it a short-term thing? Is it long-term? Does it go away if, if the scandal issues go away? I mean, does it, does it inhibit you guys in any way, shape or form?
2: Well, look, uh, you know, definitely the, the NAR is dealing with some uh, difficult issues at the moment, and and obviously the issues of harassment or sexual harassment are incredibly serious. And and it, sure. and it seems to me that they're taking them seriously. And I've I've spoken to to both Bob and Tracy, and and uh, and, I, and I did immediately uh, when these issues uh, came uh, to light, uh, and, uh, and and I'm confident that they're they're taking the right steps. And 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 clearly it's a difficult uh, time. Uh, uh, for the that organisation, but I will say that 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 two things that organisation represents over one and a half million uh, professionals who are realtors, and they are my customers. We have customers who are not realtors as well. We we deal with all real estate professionals, be they a realtor or not. But I feel invested in helping build the brand of those realtors and demonstrating the professionalism that they offer, be it to a, a buyer or to a seller. Uh, I, I want to empower them on both sides of the marketplace. I have a real obligation uh, to help them to build them to build their brand. Uh, I, I must say that I see others in the industry, some of my competitors, I don't I think that they destroy that brand and whether you like it or not, the term realtor, I can say as a somebody coming in externally and just talking to hundreds and hundreds of consumers, believe the term realtor is synonymous with real estate professional. Agreed. So it is not a good thing for that brand to be tarnished in any way, shape or form. We should all be building it. We should not be uh, calling realtors fake agents. We should not be uh, tearing down uh, that, that brand. As an industry, I find it astonishing that we are all not for these professionals who are doing their best to earn a living and doing their best to put our, our joint consumers into their homes, their most important financial asset. That, that's, that's what differentiates it for me. I think from a consumer perspective right now, I don't think it's bled into the consumer market. I think that it's, this is a very big story for the industry. It's an important story for the industry, but I don't think it's having any brand damage from a consumer perspective
0: so i know keith wants to ask a question about buyer agency here in the u.s versus australia i've got one i want to throw in sort of relevant to this before he jumps on that one um so i I, i'll make some controversial statements because i wouldn't be me if i didn't so do you think that there is well let's just put it this way i know for a long time the national association of realtors didn't allow realtor.com to have sold data on its website and candidly it was a disadvantage because Zillow was running around there with their estimates, Whether they were accurate or not, the consumer wanted to track their house like a stock. I mean, you got to give them credit for what they were doing and obviously moving the industry forward. Um, Right now, I believe if I'm correct, you cannot display uh, for sale by owner listings on Realtor.com, yet your competitors can. And that's uh, 8% of the market, somewhere in there, roughly, of listings. That's a disadvantage, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, I know speaking on behalf of my people, I'd rather have them know who the Fizbo's are so they can go door knock
2: them and like <laughs>
0: get an at bat. So what's your
2: take on that? What- yeah, look, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is going to change in due course. You're right. Uh, it's I think this is quite public, but we, we are not able to show uh, fizzbos. I don't think
0: AM. most people know this, by the way, yeah. more than you think. Uh, so
2: um, so yeah. look, Ben, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm empathetic with... Uh, uh, with the NAR insofar as they've got many, many stakeholders and some of them I know for a fact don't want us to show FISBOS. But what I would say to the to the industry as a whole is that is that this is to the industry's disadvantage that we can't and then for a couple of reasons. One, because why would we why would we encourage portals to become brokers so that they can access the IDX agreement and then uh, in many cases, then show uh, FISBOs. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, it's not our intent to become a, a broker, right. Right. and uh, you know that lead that might, could lead to to other things as well. And we are by and for the industry, and yet because of that, because we have um, uh, um, we we did not participate in that IDX agreement, we don't access um, uh, um, well because of that and also because of our agreement with the NAR, we don't access FUSBOS, but our competitors do, you're quite right, and that's to our great disadvantage. But the second reason uh, you've already alluded to is many um, realtors, many buying agents, many listing agents, and quite frankly, many MLSs make the point to me that uh, we want you to show uh, those properties on the basis that, number one, um, uh, if you're a buyer's agent, you can actually make an earn out of that transaction yeah. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a listing agent. Um, we know for, for a fact that many for sale by owners are not successful. So it is it is an um, opportunity for those listing agents to find those Fizbos in their local area and approach those, uh, those sellers to, to earn that listing when they've been unsuccessful. Uh, and from an MLS perspective, for many of our MLSs, they they know that um, you know it is in you know, it, it is to the advantage of their their members, their subscribers uh, for the same for the very same reason. So, look, we we uh, will continue these conversations. We want to uh, be uh, have data that's at least at parity, if not ahead of those Yeah, competitors.
0: Like, I mean, it, it's it's scarcity mindset. This is this is part of. Why the industry? Won- and to be clear, I'm an advocate of NAR. Like I'm not in this group where it's like yeah. tear it down. I'm complete opposite. I think there needs to be a lot of change. I think the organization does a lot of really good things. Um, and and I, you know, I'm an advocate for for responsible change. Part of that is putting people in places at NAR who can make decisions, understanding the context of a bigger world than their own market. Yeah. And they don't. And that's part of the problem. Like the fact that you know eight percent of the inventory is not there is just stupid. Yeah. Um, it's just stupid. It's scarcity mindset versus the reality of, of where we are. So if you want an advocate, you, you got me wherever you want me to, to, to talk to anybody there to help with that. Um, I well, want to make I think, sure. I
2: think, I think once just to reiterate, I'm, I'm empathetic with the NAR cause they've got a complex stakeholders. I understand that.
0: NAR. And you got to uh, play the politics, but.
2: Well, no, it's more that we've got to get the message out there to the to the MLSs and to the others who are who, who are holding back on this, because I think that it's to to their disadvantage. quite. It frankly. is.
0: I'd rather have my people know what properties they can go write offers on, because I know most of the time that that fisbo seller is going to actually pay a compensation out anyway because they want to sell their damn house. Like it's it's just statistically a fact Um I, I know Keith wants to dive into this pretty pretty heavily here on the buyer agency, and, sure. and I know this we, is a we'll relevant- With this one quick,
1: right? But it's it would be, obviously, with buyer representation being a hot discussion topic in residential real estate, uh, and you having come from Australia, where you've transacted properties, I'm being assumptive there, but I believe you have, yeah. um, what do you see as the biggest difference? in how a
2: buyer buys a house between Australia and the US. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think I bought my first property when I was about, I feel I was about 20, 25 or 26. And I have bought a number of properties in Australia and sold obviously properties as well. But I've got to tell you that, you know, not having anybody to represent you in that transaction is a terrifying Experience,
1: which that's how the structure is in Australia, correct? Indeed, the, there aren't yeah. really.
2: There are some buyers agents, but they're typically right at the top of the of the market. Mm-hmm. There is no real uh, such thing. I mean, there's no significant number. I've never used a buyers agent. None of my friends have ever used a buyers agent, etc., right. etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, how
0: does it work? Give us a little um, background.
2: It's yeah. it's if you are interested in the property, you'll call the listing agent. Um, if you don't know that the property exists, you won't call the listing agent. Because you don't know, you don't know. Right. you only, in other words, you'll only know about the properties that have been advertised. You'll call the, um, you'll call the, you'll. So therefore, you'll have to make. You know, if you're interested in ten properties, you'll, you've got to make ten phone calls. Um, uh, uh, you will, you'll have nobody asking uh, questions, questions for you. Mm-hmm. Now, what what what's that great saying? You know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, you've got nobody representing you, so. So you've got to do your best to ask the questions uh, about that property. If you, if you want to know if it's on a floodplain, that's for you to go and find out. If you want to know if it's in a fire zone, that's for you to go and find out. If you want to know if there's noise, if you want to know if there's crime, if you want to, you, I mean, um, some of this data is obviously listed, but um, you typically in an advertising model, you're not going to list all of the data that 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 is that um, possible. Yes. Well, I hope the DOJ listens to this podcast. <laughs> so, no, it's it's, and then what's worse is you, many uh, properties in Australia sell by auction. So that if you thought buying a home was terrifying, try buying a home at auction mm. when you've got to put your paddle up for the when you're uh, in your twenties or thirties. Or, <laughs> you know, it is terrifying. Like on the and, front line. Yeah, and um um and so to have an advocate mm. who who has asked you 20 questions about what's important to you and your family who knows the area well not just the individual listing that you're particularly interested in that knows the alternatives that maybe even knows the pocket listings that aren't on the market yet that mm-hmm. knows the you know knows the neighborhood uh, better than anybody else that's who that's I think that it is a genuinely professional role it adds a lot of value in the transaction and long may they continue and, and be valued by society um i also value the listing agent obviously they also have a job to do in this uh transaction and we're supporting uh, them uh, as well increasingly i
0: have to ask this question because i have a very warped sense of thought process sometimes damien so that's how accurate what that's true <laughs> this sounds really bad but i'm just gonna ask it anyway what's stopping the listing agent from like having a bunch of their friends come pretend to bid on the property and jack up the price.
2: Well, actually the, interestingly, that was <laughs> that did used to occur in the, in, in the Australian. Market. Oh
0: God, I'm horrible. So it actually, <clears throat> uh,
2: but, um, but most, uh, most, if not all uh, territories in Australia have outlawed uh, that practice and, and, uh, bidders have to register to bid in an attempt to avoid okay. what, what were previously called dummy bidders. Um, but, they are the they are the, the tactics that did exist in the marketplace, and if you were a lonesome, you know, buyer yeah. without representation, uh, then you, you how would you even know? Like how, yeah, you're
1: just out with the wolves. How, how would you know? So yeah.
2: you know, um, fortunately that practice is is now really outlawed in Australia, but but you know, uh, uh, you know, America needs to really think carefully about this one.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah these lawsuits as, as you know i've been talking a lot about um there i think that there's there's certainly a lot of changes that i think are going to be good for our industry but i also think that there's a lot of government lack of understanding and knowledge in this process i've been very vocal about you know don't don't try to go down this road without by representation like it's going to turn into a complete shit show. like the amount of lawsuits are going to occur from lack of knowledge, not understanding the disclosures. I mean, you know, I tell people the last property that my mom bought, the disclosure package was 126 pages.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she's a retired realtor. She had no idea what half the shit was in there.
2: Uh, And and, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, look, if I look at my own example, I was, I had the, you know, I guess the, The benefit at least in that first auction I ever went to 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 ask a a family friend who was a a realtor to stand next to me right (laughs) but not everybody has that and unfortunately the more you uh devalue uh this role or 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 remove the incentives to have a a buyer's agent uh the people who will suffer the most are the people who don't have access to uh, to good advice right um, and that's we should really think about that. You know, I think that, I think that it's a, we, we have a system here whereby uh, both sides are are getting um, are getting advised and and are adding uh, value to the to the transaction. Yeah, we're
1: even beyond, I mean, this is just basic fundamental human psychology, right? We're we're tribal creatures, and when we enter any stressful decision, we call people that we trust to get feedback and thought. Right. So the idea of making one of the biggest financial decisions that you're going to make without a trusted
2: advisor just sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. Even well, just based is, on. Yeah. I mean, just think of the uh, advice that we get when we uh, invest in, in a, a 401k or a, yeah. you know, right. I mean, and yet somebody's home is going to be a bigger in m- most cases. It's going Exponentially. To be yeah. A much bigger investment. Um, You know, let's Let's ensure that they that we offer them, and let's not let's not uh, deride the profession, please. I, I think let's build the the brand of realtors and real estate professionals. Um, realtors are synonymous with real estate professionals. Uh, if we work in this industry, we should be uh, we should be promoting uh, the the, the uh, professional expertise that these people bring to the table and celebrating them not diminishing their value.
0: I think there's a really good opportunity for some ad campaigns around yeah. that, um, that you guys could do. Well, we're at the end of the time. I know Keith has one last yep. question that he always likes to ask our guests.
1: So, uh, yeah. throw them on the spot. Here it is. <laughs> if you were a real estate agent today, What's the one thing you would do or add to your business to make a difference?
2: Yeah, well, actually, this is interesting. It's and perhaps it's not meant to sound contradictory to everything I've just said about promoting buyers agents, but you know, we're here to support both sides of this transaction, both buying and listing. And I, I would say that those I can. Obviously, there's a change in mind and mood amongst the realtors that I talk about. Those who have been buyer agents all of their life are now thinking, "How can I participate on the listing side?" As these conversations that we've just had have been occurring mm-hmm. in, uh, in in boardrooms and lounge rooms throughout America, um, I would say I would say to to those realtors and real estate professionals that they should start thinking about how they can participate on the listing side of this equation. Yep. Um, I would say that. That all cycles turn. um, This cycle will turn. uh, And when it turns, after years of pent up demand, uh, because things don't stay still, Mm -hmm. people's needs change, families grow, aspirations change, work locations change, and drive time changes. People Mm -hmm. want to, there are many people who are living in a home today and if interest rates were lower, they would not be living in that home today. Yep. And add up all of that demand and the trickle of new listings may well turn into a torrent before we know it. Now, what we're trying to do on that side of the fence is through, well, first and foremost, with at realtor.com, a- any realtor is promoted um, and we give, I think, $20 million of free listings a year through that uh, service to 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 realtors, just list with us, and we will we will promote you as a realtor in in your area. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we've recently launched a listing toolkit, which gives people a significant advantage in how they can prepare their listing presentation. It, it integrates with uh, many CRMs. It uh, it uh, um, it puts people to the top of the pile in terms of uh, being noticed when it comes time. Uh, uh, uh that somebody is looking for a, a listing agent i would prepare on that front mm. and, and I'd and you might uh not be surprised to hear this but i'd do it with us yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. i'm not surprised to hear i that. i'm not yeah, surprised yeah. You, you check the box i uh,
0: i can say you guys do a lot of stuff on that side that there's a lot of products that don't cost any money you can do on it as well yeah. as upgraded stuff so we'll put a link inside our, our podcast mm-hmm, to to check that out we would encourage everybody to to go look at some of those things everyone's it seems like there's a movement towards the list side of the business and away from the buyer side being total revenue source so um excited to see where that continues to grow damien it's been so awesome to have you on the show we're we're rooting for you uh, i know it's got to be crazy trying to come into this at a very strange time <laughs> in our business by the way because all this yeah. this drama llama wasn't running through the room about a year and a half ago. And now it's just like knocking tables over all over the place. So, um, but we're really excited to uh, have had you on and we'll have to have you back in a year and hear about all the updates and success that's happened. So
2: Uh, it's been a real pleasure. It's been great to talk to you guys. Thanks for inviting me along. Of course. of Thanks. Thanks for the time.
0: It's our job to say out loud what everybody's only thinking to themselves. It's your job to subscribe to this podcast. so You never miss an episode.